Welcome to the Kettle Call Podcast. Today we're starting a, a new series of our feedlot research call. So before we go ahead and get started, let me call Brooke Latek. Hello, Brooke. Hi, Pedro. How are you? Pretty good. How are you doing? I'm doing great, thanks. Is it a good time for a call? It's always a great time for a cattle call. Great, Brooke. So uh, I'm I'm very excited about starting this new uh, series of feedlot uh, research. We did last year two series, one talking about amino acids, another one talking about implants. And this one specifically, we're going to be talking about supplementing fat in feedlots diet, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's a, a question that we've been getting quite often recently here in the Valley. The major reason for that is the great increase that we had in, in the fat, uh, yellow grease, let's say, that's the, the major source of fat, that supplemental fat that we have in our diet. So from January last year to January this year, the price pretty much double. So we've been getting a lot of questions about supplementing fat to feed low diet. So we decided why not just talk about fat in our series, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So today, as we've been doing in the past two series, we we are going to do kind of a history when we started supplementing fat, doing studies here, supplementing fat in the valley. Uh, we will go back in the day a little bit. So can you tell us which is the paper that we are going to be talking about today and when, where it was conducted and the, what the, the authors or the author did in this specific research project? Yep. So to start with, the, the title of this paper is Influence of Level and Source of Dietary Fat on its Comparative Feeding Value in Finishing Diets for Steers, Feedlot Cattle Growth and Performance. And this was uh, done by Richard Zinn, uh, our collaborator here. So we know his work pretty well. Uh, he did it down here at the Desert Research and Extension Center in Hopeville. And this was done in 1989, so like Pedro said, an older but a, a nice source of information to get us started on the series. Yeah, that's great. So uh, you already mentioned when and where it was conducted. Um, can you tell us a little bit like how many animals they used? And I think different than the previous research we've been, we've been doing, this specific study is not using cat-fed hostings, right? So, right. So this is still when they were doing a lot of their research with the crossbred steers. So they looked at 228 crossbred steers uh, with an average weight of about 730 pounds. And this was a 125 day trial. Um, so they had six tr treatments. I'm going to start with all of them have the same basal diet. So the same uh, base mm -hmm. in this diet. Uh, actually contains steamrolled barley instead of uh, the steam flake corn that we're used to seeing in the, in our studies more recently with the calf-fed Holstein. So it's important to keep that in mind. Perfect. So for uh, the six treatments, the first one was just the control diet, the basal diet with 0% uh, supplemental fat. The second treatment was the basal diet plus 4% yellow grease. Um, and an important note, yellow grease is also restaurant fat. Um, so they, they're used interchangeably there. The third uh, treatment was the basal diet plus 4% blended animal vegetable fat. Um, so like the, the name says, it's a blend of animal and vegetable fat. Uh, it comes out a little bit darker than just the yellow grease that we see. Um, so both, so treatments two and three both had 4%. Treatments, uh, treatment four 
had the basal diet plus 8% yellow grease. So an increase in fat supplementation. Treatment five was basal diet plus 8% blended animal vegetable fat. In the final diet, uh, or the final treatment, treatment six was basal diet plus 6% blended animal vegetable fat and 2% crude corn soy uh, lectin. Okay, sounds good. A lot of information here. So let's let's go ahead. So we had treatment one, which is a basal diet, right? Yep. Then we had two different levels, four and eight percent of two different fat sources, right? Exactly. Yep. So which is a yellow grease and the blended animal uh, vegetable fat, right? Yep. And then we had an extra uh, treatment, which was six percent the blended fat plus uh, 2% of this uh, less thin fat, right? Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. So a lot of information. Basically, the author was mainly looking on comparing the fat source and the two levels, let's say 4% and 8% fat supplementation in the diet, um, which is very important. It's also important to notice here, as Brooke mentioned, that this was – a barley-based diet and not corn, which is going to become very important when we mention the results here a little, in a little bit. And also the basal diet had only 2% ether extract. And as we increase uh, uh, the, the fat supplementation, the 2-4% had about 5.5 ether extract of the diet. And the, the 8% supplementation had between... 8.8 to 9.2, uh, let's say, uh, fat in the diet, the final diet composition. So that's really good, Brooke. So can you tell us what happened when the, the author fed these different diets to, to those, to those uh, crossbred steers? Sure. So the, the main things they were looking at when they did the study was the source of fat, so the yellow versus um, the blended animal vegetable fat, and then the level of supplementation, so the four versus eight. So first I'm going to start comparing the 0% basal diet, no supplemental fat, to the treatments that did get supplemental fat. And what they found with that is that fat supplementation increased empty body weight, which was reflected in um, an increased empty body protein, fat, and energy gain. Perfect. So the animals that were getting more fat in the diet were actually gaining more weight, right? Exactly. And um, it also decreased the feed requirement per unit of empty body weight. So it just made them more efficient. And and the reason for that is because basically they were – having similar dry matter intake, right? Exactly, yeah. Pounds per day or kilograms per day. So they, the animals that were getting fat supplementation were eating the same amount, but mm-hmm. gain, gaining more, right? And it increased the net energy of the diet, which also, again, helps with that increased uh, gain. Exactly. And so, um, and like you said, feed intake was not affected by the fat supplementation. So again, that efficiency was just better for those animals that were supplemented. Perfect. That's that's very, very important point. Uh, one, one thing, and I might be going ahead a little bit, is that even though the energy value of the diet was uh, increasing as the, the authors were supplementing more fat, the fat energy value itself was not changing, right? Even though we were increasing fat in the diet, 
the energy value for the fat specifically were consistent between the four and the eight percent supplement. Exactly. Yep. Correct. Okay. So that's that's very good, Brooke. So what else did the authors reported? So when when they compared the level of supplementation, so that four percent versus the eight percent, they didn't see a difference between those two treatments. Perfect. Um, and then but, looking yes. at the two supplemental fats, so the two different the yellow grease versus the um, blended animal vegetable fat, um, they found that the net energy values of the two supplements uh, were not different. So again, that didn't really affect too much. Uh, so at the end of the, and one thing I forgot to mention, uh, supplemented with fat versus not supplemented with fat at all, is it did um, increase empty body fat, KPH, and marble, and the marbling score as well. So there was an effect on supplementing fat on um, the carcass characteristics as well, not just the efficiency of the animals. But when we look at the level of uh, supplementation and the source of supplementation in this specific study, we didn't see a difference. Perfect. So that's that's a very, very important point. So there was uh, no difference between the two types of fat. As we increase fat, we increase growth performance. Uh, we had an increase in carcass weight and but marbling score were actually the same or you also, oh, you also increased marbling as you increased mm -hmm. fat, but mm -hmm. not between the two levels of fat, right? Right. It was just fat supplemented versus non-fat supplemented at all. So okay. the, the basal control diet versus all of the supplemental treatments. Perfect. Okay. That's, that's great. So a lot of information here. Uh, is there anything else that, that we should mention uh, about this, this specifically paper? No, that those were the main findings um, for this study. And I know we have our next ones planned out. And as we go on, we'll have a little more information with those. But for now, this is the main parts of this study. I agree. So like just to summarize, uh, what we observed here is as, as we increase um, fat supplementation to 4 and 8%, we observed an increase in growth performance. And again, one, two things that I need to remind here in this specific uh, study, that was a barley-based diet and not corn. Before that time, before 1989, there were some studies that did observe a negative effect when fat was supplemented, but that was in corn-based diet, which has more fat than the small grains such as barley, wheat. Uh, so studies that were where they use small grains up to 10% in the diet, they, they were often observing an increase in growth performance uh, for the calves, for the steers. Now, another important point here to mention is that when you're supplementing fat, and we are gonna come back on this, I'm pretty sure, the, the inclusion of the fat needs to be done gradually, right, Brooke? And we've, mm. we've talked talk about uh, that here. And these studies is important to remind the, the the listeners and the readers is that fat was being supplemented before the initiation of the study. So, uh, so when they study, when the animals came into the, this specific study, they were already receiving four four percent based supplemented fat diet. Uh, uh, so that's that. Those are very important points to bring out. But in general, general in this specific study, there was no difference between the two 
fat sources. And as we increase fat in the diet, we increase growth performance, uh, cattle growth performance in the feedlot. I'm very excited about this, Brooke, because I think that's a very important topic. Uh, we, we are going to do uh, a lot of research in these and, and bring good information to our listeners. Uh, I think that's all, Brooke. Any other point? Nope. I think we covered it all. Okay. Thank you, Brooke. Thank you once again. Uh, as I'm going to say again, I'm very excited about this, this research series that we are doing. If you want to receive this uh, research paper, in your email, please send us an email with uh, cattle call feedlot research with the title of the, the manuscript or the title of this uh, episode. And we will be happy to send that to you. If you have questions, feedback, please send us an email. There's a summary of this manuscript in our monthly newsletter that you can receive that for free just to subscribe that in the description of this episode. And don't forget that it's always a good time for a cattle call. Thank you. The cattle are prowling, the coyotes are howling, way out where the dog is born. Where spurs are a-jingling, a cowboy is singing this lonesome cattle call.